Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Greetings, Mosaic Church friends and family. It's time to worship together again, uh, at least in spirit and in mind. Uh, as we continue to fight this horrible virus. So today I want to encourage you, and uh, we're going to talk about having God encounters. So if you would, hold your Bibles up, your iPhone, your iPad, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, And I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glad that you've joined us on this third week of online church. And today I want to talk about God encounters. Uh, Our encounters with others has been greatly reduced and minimized by the quarantine or stay-at-home orders or whatever they might be. And as a result of that, we've had to... Uh, have encounters with those closest to us and some of you are maybe those encounters haven't always been pleasant because everybody's kind of uptight but for many of us this has put us in a position I think to have encounters with God that we might not have otherwise had because we are quarantined we're closed in to our homes and uh, some of you are working and, and I understand that but for the most part we're we're having to uh, be creative, and sometimes God encounters are the result of finding ourselves in places like we are in today, where we uh, we have very few people around us. Uh, we've had every conversation possible with those people. We've encountered good times, bad times, difficulty, arguments, blessing. I mean, all the numbers of, of things that come with that. But uh, throughout the Bible, many encounters occurred as a result of difficult times. If you think about Elijah in the cave, fearful for his life, and uh, he presses into God and has a God encounter. I think about Israel at the Red Sea. They're facing this, this massive body of water with a massive Egyptian army behind them, and uh, they had a God encounter. They were in a place where God had to do something to deliver them or they were going to either die in the sea or go back to Egypt into captivity. Same when the Jordan was at flood stage and God put them in a place to have an encounter with him and and hear his voice and to walk into the waters with the ark and flood stage and the waters stopped flowing. Uh, I think about Paul being shipwrecked, the worst of times, but again, Uh, God shows himself after he's bitten by a snake and nothing happens to him. He doesn't die. It was a uh, Not just a God encounter for him, but for all around him They knew at that point that God was with him. So today I want to talk about these kinds uh, of encounters that can draw us closer to God and increase our faith in God one of the special times for me is Second Chronicles chapter 20 when Jehoshaphat was facing the Ammonites and Moabites and, and Muonites and 
he's he knows they're outnumbered. The strength of the armies from Edom Edom were were greater than the army that he had. But God spoke to them. He had an encounter, and he said, "This battle will not be yours. It'll be mine." And sure enough, God <clears throat> wins the battle for them. So. Uh, you've probably heard me say this numerous times and other pastors, it's nothing new, but a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Uh, we are all having to exercise tremendous faith uh, today, maybe faith like never before, that number one, we will remain healthy and pray for those that have contracted the virus that God would bring them through it. And we're exercising faith for our health, our lives, our finances, our jobs. And so uh, as hard as this might be, there are good things that are going to come from this and good things that are coming out of this. And uh, that's my prayers, that we would press into God every day and have an encounter with God that would create a stronger relationship and a greater faith in Him. If you would, turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. And again, this will be a lot of Bible and Bible study. Uh, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, 1, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. Sounds like a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So just want to pause right there. And, and every time we have an encounter with God, trust me, the first thing God wants us to see is his greatness and his majesty. And it's not so that he can be impressive. It's so that we can experience him in a glorious way, not a fearful way, but a glorious way that, that God is high and lifted up and, and that God in every way fills not just the temple, but the world in which we live. And it says, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The majesty of God will always reveal the malady of man. In other words, in comparison to the purity and the deity and the righteousness of God, we will always see ourselves, if we're honest, through the filter of our sin and, and our malady and in need of his majestic authority. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. God is a good God. He's a redeeming God. And oftentimes, people's only encounter with God is seen through maybe an encounter with another Christian or a religious person. And the opinion or position of the people that we hear from who are referencing God or representing God uh, may create a negative encounter for us or a negative perception of God. Uh, I grew up in a very religious church. Uh, I'm not trying to be critical, but there was no majesty of God. There was only judgment of God. 
And oftentimes in times like these, people would say, well, this is the judgment of God. This is not the judgment of God. The coronavirus is not the judgment of God. It is the result, going back to the Garden of Eden, Eden, the fall of man. We chose, Eve chose, Adam chose, and we continue to choose, oftentimes, our own way. Well, that's what God gave us, a free will to choose whatever we want. That's how come when Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was making a statement of choice that we're going to limit the influence of a fallen world in our home. Doesn't mean we're untouched by it, we're not affected by it. It simply means that we're, through a God encounter, we're going to minimize the impact and effect of the fallen world or the negativity in a fallen world. Uh, everybody's looking for an encounter that will cause them to have a, a, a perception of faith and hope. That's what the world wants. All of us want that. And so what we have to do is we have to purpose to have those encounters. The first purpose of Isaiah's God encounter was to see the majesty of God, the authority of God, the deity of God that God wanted Isaiah to see him in his strength and power so that he would have faith in that strength and that power. So he sees God high and lifted up and the train of his robe filling the temple. So in our lives, we have to recognize that, that God is almighty. He is all-powerful. And sometimes we don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening. And we spend a lot of time uh, trying to uh, determine why, instead of spending time having an encounter with God saying, what? And that's basically what Isaiah's first encounter with God is all about, is, is what do I do now with what I've seen? And oftentimes, our focus is on the negative, the virus, what's happening. Instead of seeing that what the devil has meant for harm using this coronavirus, God will turn for good. Now, it doesn't mean there won't be loss. There has been loss. doesn't mean there won't be more loss. The greatest loss in the world is not the loss of our lives because we're all going to die, the Bible says. But the greatest loss is the loss of our faith in Jesus Christ. That would be our greatest loss, is to lose that, that trust in God. We don't always understand, and we will probably never fully understand. But we have to see things through the eyes of God. Now, I love Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We need to see everything through that, that scripture. God loves us. He made us fearfully and wonderfully. And Isaiah saw God in his majesty, 
not in his anger or his judgment, though it could be perceived that way because Isaiah is about to be commissioned to take the majestic encounter that he had experienced with God in the temple to a world that was filled with sin. So if we don't see God the right way, we won't see ourselves the right way. We will see ourselves the way the spirits of darkness would love for us to see ourselves as unworthy, undeserving, uh, people who are filled with evil. And, and God wants us to see that he made us fearfully and wonderfully. He wants to reveal his majesty. He wants us to have an encounter with him that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we know that God's doing a work within us. And this is very, very, very important. The greatest enemy of intimacy with God is service for God. And, and so in this moment, this encounter, what God is saying, the most critical thing, Isaiah, is your intimacy with me, having an encounter with me. I heard one preacher recently, and it was really a great thought. Uh, oftentimes we're told, you know, if you don't get up in the morning, first thing, have an encounter with God that, you know, the rest of your day won't go well. And this preacher said, it doesn't matter what time uh, you're spending time with God. What matters is that you are spending time with God. And, and granted, first thing in the morning, your mind is clear. I get all of that. But the reality is we can walk in intimacy with God all the time. Our perception of God has a tendency to shift when difficulty confronts us or tragedy strikes. Isaiah had seen and prophesied about Israel's captivities. Now God gives him this picture of himself to encourage him. First off, I want us to have a right perception of God, that he's a good God. Secondly, I want us to accept God's love for us. During these times, it's very easy for us to become self-judgmental. And if we're self-judgmental, we'll become others judgmental. In other words, if somebody doesn't quarantine the way we do or they don't stay home like we think they should uh, and, and we begin to become judgmental, if we really have a perception of who God is, God is love, that's, that's not what he does, that's who he is, and we can accept that truth, then the love of God is resident in us and we can love others. But you can't love others without loving yourself. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love you, you won't love your neighbor. And that all begins with an encounter with God, a perception of God that God is love, and that he accepts us, and now we need to accept him. That's where the intimacy comes in, because now it's not about our service for God. It's about our relationship with God. And so service is great, and we should serve the Lord, but the reality is that this is about an encounter with God that helps create every day fresh perception of the wonder, the wonders of, of God and, and who he is. Secondly, the second purpose of Isaiah's God encounter was to see the misery of self. That, that God wasn't trying to in any way impose judgment uh, on Isaiah or to be condescending toward him. But in the presence of God, it's very easy for us to see our own sin stain. If I had a white cloth and I that it was just out of fresh out of the dryer, perfectly clean, perfectly white, um, it, it looks clean. But when you get it and you lay it amongst dirt or some kind of grime, 
you can easily see on that white cloth the stain of the dirt. In that moment, because Isaiah is standing before a perfect God, it was easy for him to see his own misery, his own need. God is never trying to condemn us. He is trying to reach us, love us, and save us. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. During these difficult times, many people are asking the question, uh, what do I need to do to be right with God? Some churches and religions will tell them they need to work harder, they need to be better, they need to do better, and they will try, and they will work really hard to do that, but that's never enough because it's not our works that save us. It's the work of the cross. And so if we're not careful during these difficult times, we will start making promises to God about what we're going to do if we don't get the coronavirus and how we're going to live our lives once we get through this. And we're going to be better people. And though all of those things are wonderful promises, those don't work. Only the promises of God really work. It's not our promises, it's his promise and promises. And we need to realize that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to empower us to live a righteous, holy life, but not a perfect life because no one can be perfect. But every God encounter that we have is a great contrast of how great God is and how much humanity needs him, how much we all need him. God is not a mean God that's trying to use anything like this virus to judge us. Uh, it's, it's a part of this fallen world and our fallen nature. And our response to this kind of difficulty is to allow God to be God. And, and by that I mean allow him to love us, encourage us, help us, and, and reveal more of himself to us. This is why Isaiah said, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. Well, in that moment, can you imagine having that kind of encounter with God? And you would think maybe you were, because you're, you're standing in the face of a perfect God. But the reality is, if I can see me as I really am and realize I am greatly flawed, I have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and that I will continue in my life to fight sin because of its residue in my soul, if I can understand that with every God encounter and realize that God is not judging me, God is trying to empower me to address the things that are trying to destroy me. One person said in this life, we will encounter hurts and trials that we will not be able to change. We are just going to have to allow them to change us. That's my prayer for all of us is that we would realize we may not be able to change what's been going on, what's happened, but it can change us. And my prayer would be that rather than seeing God as a mean God who's judging us using this, and many religious people will say that's what it is because uh, America and the world is so bad. Well, I disagree. That's the reason God sent Jesus 2,000 years ago after thousands of years of his people living in sin, doing their own thing, their own way, creating images and worshiping them. God still had redemption in mind, and that's why he sent Jesus. God is a redeemer. Christ is our redeemer. The Holy Spirit 
is leading us every day in that redemption. So rather than perceiving this as something you created or the world created, realize this, God will be glorified. Once this is said and done, we will stand and we will praise him and we will rejoice. Entry point, that point where we are willing to have an encounter, a moment with God. Every day, we should have that entry point with God where we pause and we celebrate and worship his majesty. Second is the turning point where we realize majesty and misery. That point where we have seen is, uh, what we have seen is more than inactivity can bear. In other words, an encounter with God calls us to rise up and do something with what we've just encountered. And so Isaiah is having this moment with God, and as we see in the last uh, verse, God is, is asking, you know, basically, will you go for me? What will you do with what you have seen? And uh, the Bible says, to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it's sin. Isaiah is having an encounter with God. He's learning what he needs to do. And in the end, he ends up doing it. This is the tipping point where we say, here am I, send me. So the entry point is saying, I'm going to spend a little time every day having an encounter with God. And then I'm going to have that turning point where I look at who he is and who I'm not and what I can be by allowing him uh, to be the Lord of my life in that encounter. And many people today don't know God. Maybe you're, you just happened to, to, to join us today and you're thinking, man, if this is the beginning of the end, I'm done. No, you're not. All you have to simply do is to respond to God like Isaiah responded to God. Here, here am I, God, send me. And in our case, being a New Testament, uh, in the New Testament era, that we get to call on the name of Jesus and, and we're saved. And we're presenting ourselves to him as a result of that encounter. And then obviously the tipping point is when we respond like Isaiah did. Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Every encounter is an opportunity to increase our expectancy and to increase our faith. So we have to realize, first off, he saw the majesty of God. And the goal of God is for us to lift up our eyes and to worship him, embrace him in all of his majesty and all of his authority and all of his power. And the second thing was to recognize we are flawed. Uh, when Isaiah said, I, I'm ruined, basically saying, I see the misery of mankind. Now, we know that in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy, and we have the Spirit of God, and, and God has made available to us in this day an awesome opportunity for us to encounter him by the Holy Spirit, by his word, and to realize that our misery is covered by his majesty. Our, our malady is covered by his majesty. And so that's the third point, is Isaiah's encounter caused him 
to not just see his own misery, but to see the malady of the world. And like Jesus and like God, we need to so love the world that we, like Christ, are willing to respond actively to do what we can to love other people, not just with, with financial resources uh, or, or even our skill set, but simply to be a voice of encouragement to other people. So the third thing is to see the malady of the world. Max Lucado wrote, God sat in silence while the sins of the world were placed upon his son. Was it right? No. Was it fair? No. Was it love? Yes. In a world of injustice, God once and for all tipped the scales in the favor of hope. There is incredible hope today in our lives. The majesty of God shines light on us and the world. Then it's our decision to do something with that encounter. The light of God is not shown on the world to reveal our sin or to expose our sin, but to reveal the pathway on which he wants us to walk. Now certainly we need to realize that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. And I'm not suggesting in any way that we ignore the reality of our sin and our need for God. Because that's the second step in Isaiah's experience, his encounter, was to see his own misery and to see him as human and not as some great prophet as we would see him today, but as a human being in need of God. And so the reason I share this is many people feel like that this is all about exposing the sin of the world. And uh, I believe that it's love that never fails. So if, if in fact you feel so compelled to point out someone else's sin, my prayer would be that it would be with a tear in your eye, seeing their pain and suffering, not your self-righteousness because all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So those of you watching today fearful uh, of what, where the world is today and why we're experiencing this, God wants to reveal his love to you. And, and not through the virus, but in the midst of the virus, uh, other Christians should be encouraging you, and we should be encouraging one another. And you say, well, how, how can you not see that this light that is being turned on is to expose all the horrible things of mankind because Psalm 119 says your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God's trying to shine a light and give us direction. As much as some people would say this is all about correction, I would say this is about direction. That God is wanting to direct us, our footsteps, for the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by God. So God wants to order our steps. Secondly, even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Psalm 112, verse 4. Then lastly, Proverbs 4.18. I love this one out of the Amplified Bible. It says, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be Prepared. His majesty is what leads us to his miracle. And my prayer is this, that today, rather than perceiving this moment in time as difficult as, as it is, 
as a judgment from heaven, please perceive this as opportunity for us to experience God, encounter God in ways that we otherwise might not encounter him or experiencing him, experience him. I love you. I really am looking forward to when we can gather together again in our building and worship God together. And I am believing God that many people who have not been in church in many years for a long time use this time to be very introspective and, and realize that we all need God in the good times, the bad times, the decent times. We need God. We were created as... We're creating his image and his likeness. We are, whether we realize it or not, always feeling this longing to know our Father and our Creator. So I want to pray for you right now. and I want to ask God to give you peace that passes all understanding and that we would be able to rest in this moment knowing that whatever the devil meant for harm, God's going to turn for good. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray for everyone watching right now I ask you, God, to bring peace into our lives, into our homes, into our thoughts, into our emotions, a peace that we won't understand. But God, I pray more than anything that we would see you as high and lifted up, lifted up above this virus, lifted up above fear, lifted up above doubt, and that we would see you as Isaiah saw you and we would respond as he did when you ask, whom will go, whom will I send? And he responded, here am I, send me. So God, I pray that we would be stronger, we would be happier, we'd be more at peace than ever before, knowing that we can trust in you. Now, there are those of you that have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. So I want to ask everyone watching to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Now, God, I invite you into my life to be the authority in my life, to be the love in my life, to guide me in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer uh, to rededicate your life or to give your life to Jesus for the first time, I want to ask you, to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. Just text the word SAVED. We believe that out of this, this moment in time, that God is going to draw more and more people to himself, realizing that we cannot control nor change what's going on, but we can be changed as a result of changing our perception and who God is and humbling ourselves before him and letting him do a great work in our lives. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.